Elizabeth, uh, she's, I don't know how to say it, she's uh, pretty much a wild person. <laughs> this man is accused of holding a 14-year-old girl captive. In this interview filmed just hours before his trial, you're about to see him try to convince the host that the girl is an accomplice. I mean, it was like she was on TV every time. And it was, it was exciting. <laughs> it was like a vacation for her. I mean, we were having a good time. I mean, no more school for her, you know, it was just hanging out. The first question he asked her was whether or not she was a virgin. There are certain images, Your Honor, she told me she will never forget. She could have went home anytime she wanted to. He took this chain put it around her neck, wrapped it around her neck. Are you saying that she was a willing participant the whole time? Yeah. 14-year-old Elizabeth Shove, kidnapped, assaulted, trapped for 10 days. But she escaped, outsmarting the man who took her. When she got out, she made sure Vincent Filial would never terrorize anyone else ever again. We didn't save her, she saved herself. In the small town of Lugoff, South Carolina, 14-year-old Elizabeth Schoff lives with her family. She's excited about starting high school and a boy she began dating. It's September 6, 2006, 4.30 p.m. Madeline Schoff is at work, worried because her daughter Elizabeth didn't call her after school. Donnie answered the phone and I was like, where's your sister at? And he said, she's not home yet. And I was like, well, she should have been home by now. Madeline leaves work right away and rushes home. She calls her daughter's friends to see if they know anything. Her husband, Don, gets home too, and they search around the house for clues as to where Elizabeth might have gone. All her favorite clothes were there, her music, everything. Nothing missing out there was, of the house. Yeah, nothing was missing. Night is falling. Madeline calls friends and family to come help search for Elizabeth, knocking on every door, fanning out across the neighborhood. But still, no trace of Elizabeth is found. I knew it's something had happened to her. So at that point, I called 911. It's 7.30. The police show up at the house. They begin their investigation. You know, anytime a young person is missing, a lot of times they just run away. You know, they just get mad about something. We both know that she's not going to run away. That's uncharacteristic of her. She was not that type of child. The police don't take any chances. They interrogate kids who were on the bus home from school. Everyone recalls seeing her get off, even walking with her up the road. She was really happy because her um, aunt was coming down. We've walked about halfway up the road and a friend of mine's brother comes with his car and picks us up. She didn't want to ride. At that point, nobody knows anything. She's like she just disappeared. September 7th, a full-scale search is launched. Tracking dogs, air support, ATVs. Local TV stations pick up the story, broadcasting Elizabeth's picture. Elizabeth Schoff walked off her school bus and vanished into thin air. She went to Lugoff Elgin High School Wednesday wearing the clothes you see here. I just want that video. Does anybody see her? Please. The sheriff is set up Volunteers start pouring in to help with ground search and handing out flyers. Days pass and no new leads have been found. You just get that policeman's feeling, that gut feeling that, you know, this, gosh, this really looks like it's going to turn out bad. September 13th, it's been seven days since Elizabeth disappeared. The search is dying out. Less and less people show up to help out. Fewer helicopters in the sky. A friend of the family is holding a vigil for Elizabeth, and Madeline is getting ready to go there. As she checks her phone for any new messages, she sees a text message from an unknown number. The message will change the course of the entire investigation. Hey mom, it's Lizzie. 
I'm gonna hold in the ground near Charm Hill. It's near that dirt road where those big trucks go. Get the police. They'll be careful. He has bombs hidden. This message gives hope to the mother, but she still doesn't know what happened to Elizabeth or what she had to go through to send that message. September 6th, the day of the abduction, Elizabeth is walking home from the bus stop with her friends. Bus ride home was typical as any other day. I continued walking home by myself and got up into the driveway. I could see the house. I could hear my dogs barking at me. While she's walking down the driveway, she hears rustling leaves close by. A man walks up to her, wearing camouflage pants, a green shirt, and a hand-drawn badge that looked like the Herkshaw County Sheriff's. He says he's a policeman, that they found marijuana on the property, that her little brother is already in custody, and that she needs to come with him. Almost immediately when he mentioned my brother, I was concerned if my brother was okay. So I agreed to approach him. I had a gut feeling that I had made a bad decision. He puts handcuffs on her wrists and a collar around her neck with a box hanging from it. He says it's a bomb and that if she tries anything, it will detonate. Then he takes her far into the woods, away from her house. He was asking me just like the oddest questions if I had a phone and if I was a virgin. When I would continue to ask him where the police were or where my brother was, he had said that I was a smart girl and I sh probably should have already figured it out. I'm just crying, you know, asking, you know, don't kill me, don't hurt me. I remember being terrified. Finally, they stop in the middle of the woods. Elizabeth fears the worst. I thought that was where he was going to me and kill me. The man reaches down and pulls up a hatch door from the ground, hidden among the leaves. He had told me to go down the ladder and get into the bunker. He had like a rifle and a belt that had guns and handcuffs and I saw a taser in it. So I knew he was well equipped to do anything if I acted stupid or whatever. He pretty much just raped me. Right away? Pretty much. I had looked off to the side to one of the shelves that were there. There was like a propane tank and dishes and stuff on it. Stared at it and cried. Elizabeth is shattered, alone on the bed. Her attacker binds her, making sure she can't escape. September 7th, Elizabeth learns the man's name is Vincent Filia. He makes her watch TV while he feeds her. The local news channel shows Elizabeth's mother pleading for help. I just want that baby home. If anybody sees her, please. This reminds her of the conversation she had with her mother that morning. She regrets her last words to her. Because when I left that morning, I was mad. I was rude with her. And then now that you're missing, you wish you could say sorry. You love her and all that, but... Couldn't. Every day, my story was on television. Watching my mom, my sister, my aunts beg for me. I just knew I couldn't give up. September 9th, Elizabeth and her captor can hear helicopters flying overhead, and soon, footsteps. This gives her hope, but Vincent panics. He threatens her that if she screams or tries anything, he will shoot her. I could actually see those shadows walking across the door above me. 
and I'm just sitting there while they're right above me. The footsteps disappear, and soon it dawns on her. The only way she'll ever get out alive is by saving herself. He would go to sleep, and I would just sit there and ponder as to what I could possibly do to get out of the situation. As she's sleeping one night, she musters the courage to use Vincent's gun. She grabs the holster and puts it down. As she attempts to remove the Velcro, every noise she makes threatens to wake Vincent up, but she continues slowly until finally the gun is free. This is her chance. I placed it up to his head and pulled the trigger, and it got jammed. She puts the gun back and lays down in bed, crying. The next morning, Elizabeth tries something different. She pretends that she's beginning to like him. He would start to call me nicknames like baby, and I would call him that back. He would tell me he loved me, I'd tell him I loved him. Vincent is beginning to trust her. He even agrees to unbind her. It's September 13th, one week since the abduction. Vince takes Elizabeth out for a walk, where he shows her a few booby traps he's made for intruders. He also takes out his phone, which he uses to text his girlfriend. Elizabeth listens to his nonsense while he talks, but all she can think about is that phone. It's nighttime. Vincent falls asleep, and Elizabeth quietly gets out of bed. She opens Vincent's phone and begins writing a text to her mother. For each letter, she has to press multiple times. She hopes Vincent won't wake up before she can send the text. After pressing send, the message says it failed. And I would go up to the door, and I would try to get signal right at the door. I press send. I was terrified that he might wake up and see me. If he did, I knew he would have killed me. And I would continually press send, and it just failed. Elizabeth tries again and again, even the following night, but her messages never go through. It's September 15th. For the first time in days, they can hear helicopters in the air. Vincent panics, wondering why the search has regained momentum, and so he turns on the news. They finally put out that my mom had got a text message for me. I felt my heart drop. He like asked me if it was me. I began crying, told him I loved him. I wouldn't do that to him. You could tell he was trying to gather his thoughts, figure out what he needed to do next to save himself. And then, Vincent actually asks her what she thinks he should do. He was just asking me, like, if he should pack stuff up and go ahead and start leaving, or if he should stay and wait it off. And I just told him that he needed to pack his stuff and leave while he could, because if so, the police were going to get him. And I didn't want him in jail. And I acted like I wanted him to be safe. His last steps out the light and out the door, I remember telling him I loved him and shut it and tied it up right there behind him. Elizabeth is finally alone. She's not sure if it's really happening. She doesn't risk leaving right away because he might be waiting outside. Instead, she waits until morning. September 16th. Elizabeth wakes up to find she's still alone. She doesn't waste another second and goes up the ladder. Once outside, the thought of stepping onto one of his bombs stops her from running off. I just looked around like it was the first time I saw the outside in daytime, so it was just beautiful to see the trees and feel the fresh air again. 
but I couldn't hear anybody around me. So I decided to yell. Somebody finally yelled my name back. I instantly just fell to the ground and started crying. The captain ended up giving me a hug. I was in tears. I didn't know what to do. But he told me I was okay and, you know, I was safe now. I didn't have to worry about anything. One of our guys actually carried her up up the hill to the command post where we had the ambulance standing by. When she got just about almost there, she's like, she said, I'm all right. And she gets down and, and, and she's walking. And she's basically saying, I'm walking out of here. About 7.30, I seen the white truck come up the road. I was like, oh my god. Captain Tom was very excited. He, um, he was just so ecstatic. You could tell he was crying. The day I felt her, and, you know, I was just like, oh my God. I was just so happy, you know, just like, I mean, I just could not quit crying. The best feeling ever to hug my parents again, to just feel my mom holding me, just to know that I was with her again and she didn't have to worry about me. In South Carolina, a 14 year old girl is back home this evening after a horrific ordeal. Authorities say she was kidnapped by a man who sexually assaulted her and locked her inside an underground bunker. Elizabeth is safe, but Vincent Filia is still on the run. A few hours later, police get a tip from a woman saying she encountered Vincent as he tried to steal her car. A long knife hanging off his belt. Pretty much all I saw was his face. I recognized him from the internet. I was kind of cursing him out for doing this in front of my child, putting my child through this. He's already hurt one little girl. He knew he wasn't getting my keys, and he said, okay, never mind, and he started running down the sidewalk. Police act quickly and locate him a few hours later. I think it took Vincent about a minute to deny everything and that this was all made up, that uh, the truth would come out in the end. Vincent agreed to an interview with Dateline's Keith Morrison hours before his trial. It's all going to come out in court anyway. Uh, Elizabeth, uh, she's, I don't know how to say it, she's uh, pretty much a wild person. <laughs> Are you saying that she was a willing participant the whole time. Yeah. Elizabeth has barely time to recover from the traumatic 10 days she spent in the bunker with Vincent Filia that she already has to face him in court. But like she said, I wanted to go. It was weird to look at Vincent because I kind of felt happy just because I knew that he was locked up and I'm sitting there in the courtroom all she asks, Your Honor, is sentence him so that this can never happen to anyone else. I can think of no crimes short of murder more repulsive than these 17 different indictments and charges that have been brought against you. All sentences to run consecutive. Good luck to you, sir. Vincent Filia was sentenced to 421 years in prison without the possibility of parole. I remember Elizabeth saying, I beat him. And I'm like, yes, you did. You did beat him. I think of it because I don't want to forget it because that's something I accomplished that a lot of people might not have. It makes me feel good to know that I got to get through something like that. How do you go through hell like that for 10 days? and just come out on the other side as strong as she did. There's no playbook to tell her what she should have done down there. 
There may be one now because she made all the right moves. I don't think you could ever really move past something like that happening to you. It's always gonna be there, but as the years go on, things do get easier. Today, she's a loving mother, grateful for a new, beautiful life. Really just trying to live life to the fullest. Now that I have a child, I'm of course wanting to give him his best life possible as well. Elizabeth understands that the healing journey will take time, but she also sees the extent of her own strength. Elizabeth Schoff looked terror in the face and saved herself.